On this episode, I'm continuing our March marathon, talking to fascinating and successful people of my generation. I can't call it by the other name you might associate with March because I don't have enough money to get sued. As I mentioned throughout March, I'm partnering with the Rise Initiative to highlight some of the fascinating and successful people of my generation. This is my second of three conversations with Rise winners. Rise is a program that finds promising young people and provides opportunity for life as they work to serve others. An initiative of Schmidt Futures and the Rhodes Trust, Rise is the anchor program of a $1 billion commitment from Eric and Wendy Schmidt to find and support global talent. Today, I'll be speaking with Rishi Amavinikar, who is an inventor and scientist from the U.S., After overcoming OCD, he grew passionate about neuroscience. Upon learning about his father's transient isemic attack, TIA, he decided to focus on supporting stroke recovery. For his RISE project, he built a low-cost brain-computer interface, BCI, to help stroke victims communicate via translation of their inner dialogue. Rishi is also proud to be named a 2022 ICEF finalist, FTC Innovation Award semifinalist, and an avid app developer. In the future, he plans to pursue a PhD and start a business. And with that, I am Taylor Bledsoe, and this is the Aiming for the Moon podcast, where I interview interesting people from a teenage perspective. If you like what you hear today, please rate the podcast and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and now Facebook at Aiming the Number 4 Moon. Check out our website, aimingforthemoon.com, for links to our merchandise, lessons from interesting people newsletter, and other episodes and bios of our guests. You can check out all of my other meanderings at taylorgbloodso.com. One quick note before the episode, I did have some technical difficulties while recording this interview, so my sound is a bit wonky. Nonetheless, Rishi is definitely an inspiring guy, so I think you guys will really enjoy this conversation. All right, let's get right into it. Well, welcome, Rishi, to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is really cool. So you built a fascinating project, which you submitted to the RISE competition. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about, so for people who've never heard of you or never heard of your project, what is it? And then I want to go into why like, why you did this. Mm-hmm. Of course. So um, I originally got interested in neuroscience after I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. And so when I went through through treatment, um, it really inspired me to, you know, help find better solutions to mental illnesses. And um, uh, and so this also was uh, inspiring when I watched a video of a brain computer interface for the first time. And so basically what these are, they're headsets that convert brain waves into um, usable signals for computers. And so I got really interested in this type of technology. and. When my dad told me about his TIA, which is kind of like a mini stroke, uh, it really inspired me to create something for stroke victims. And so there's a disorder called aphasia that occurs after a stroke in which a person can't speak. And so I thought this would be a really good application for brain-computer interfaces. So basically what my device does is it's a headset that converts brain waves into words to translate for uh, stroke victims. And so right now I can only do about four words and it's pretty basic, but I'm hoping to expand it further in the future. So it's really fascinating because when you read about your project, as I did on your paper that you wrote, which is incredible that you wrote a paper first off, um, you you have this idea like, okay, wait, how did a teenager figure out all this science in order to even create this machine? So what was the process like of learning about this disorder and then the technology behind it and then being able to implement it as you did on an Arduino? 
So what was kind of the process that you took in kind of learning all this information? Yeah, so this type of technology is still pretty new. And so as such, there's very few internet repositories on it. Like usually if you go about a project, you would try to find stuff on like YouTube, DIY websites maybe. But because it's such a new field, there's there's very little information already out there. And so I had to turn towards kind of a research paper sort of um, area. And so this was actually kind of challenging at first since I am not very familiar with the language that kind of goes into these research papers. So communication was a big, big um, hurdle that I had to, had to um, cross. And so what I did basically is I just tried to read as many research papers as possible, email the, the people who wrote them if I couldn't understand them, and just kind of get um, experience by learning from the people who've done it before. So basically, you reached out to these experts in the field and kind of in, read their work and had them kind of explain it to you. And then you went about creating your project that way. Exactly. So some of the technical skills that besides even the communication aspect of this that go into creating a project like this, the machine learning that you use in order to train the model in order to help recognize the words, and then the Arduino, and then the even the wiring and understanding of the data itself that when it goes into the, what is it, the EEG, was it? Yeah, the EEG. So what did, how did you go about learning about that in particular? So did you already know about programming, I'm assuming, with Arduinos? So with Arduinos, I, I had some experience, but the whole programming with uh, programming a machine learning model was completely new to me. So this was this was a, a very interesting challenge that I'd never done before. Basically, to, to try to, you know, get knowledge on it, I, I well, I did YouTube videos and I, I watched websites because they did have information on machine learning models. So that was probably the most helpful for me. But um, other than that, it was just trial and error, coding what I could code, and if it didn't work, trying to see what what solved it. Mm -hmm. That's really fascinating. What do you think you could, so advice to people who want to do projects like this, but again, they don't know much about, so machine learning, for example, is a huge topic, and you have all these PhDs in it, and it can be kind of scary to go, okay, I'm just a high school student, and I want to use machine learning on something, and then you went into neuroscience as well. So what do you, what advice do you give to kids who want to go into this area, but kind of feel a bit of an imposter syndrome, like maybe I shouldn't be really doing this? Yeah, it's definitely very daunting for, for people of our age. And it can be really hard for us, especially since a lot of people don't very take us seriously, you know, but my advice would just be to keep pursuing what you're doing because it's the passion that ultimately drives us, you know, and People who meet with us, like the experts, can actually see that passion, you know, and so they'll be more willing to help. And if you just reach out to experts, they can help you more than you can ever find, like online, you know, they can be specific to what you need. So going back to your project in particular, how what have you done? So we talked about kind of your process and how you designed it and how you did the research for it. But what exactly I'll post pictures of it, if you don't mind, um, when we get to that phase. But what is it? What does it do exactly? How does it help these patients? Yeah, of course. So um, basically, what the disorder is is it's called aphasia, and so there's a part of the brain called the Broca's area, and in that part of the brain, uh, after a stroke, it can be damaged and it can inhibit communication. And so, what my device does uh, is it basically takes the inner speech of the uh, victim and it kind of like takes the brain waves that are associated with each word. 
and translates that using an EEG. And basically what an EEG does is it records the brainwaves, and then those brainwaves are sent to the Arduino, which processes it, and then that's sent to a computer, which has a machine learning model, which basically takes like little wave snippets and analyzes them. So it was very fascinating. What exactly is inner speech? Now, when I, I read a little bit about it, but for those who don't know. Yeah, of course. So um, most people have an inner monologue, which they can kind of hear inside their head. It's basically themselves talking to themselves. Like if I told anyone who's listening to this to say the word hi in their head, most of the time they can do that. Uh, this isn't damaged with um, aphasia, which makes it very useful for this purpose. And so uh, it's kind of the science behind it is still kind of unknown for the most part. But with uh, but they think it's specific neural cl clusters in the Broca's area that aren't damaged during aphasia. And those neural clusters are associated with inner speech. But the science behind it is still relatively undiscovered. What is What are the next steps for your project? Where are you taking it from here? So you have this device and you've created it and then you've done research on it to show it's very effective. Where are you going from here? So I think right now I'm trying to focus on expanding the device into uh, encompassing more words. Um, for example, I want to do different letters of the alphabet so that people can spell out what they need. Uh, I want more, um, just a larger vocabulary, and I want more accuracy as well. And so I think a big part of this is um, new hardware for the device. Uh, right now, what I did is I built a lot of my own hardware, and that was kind of jury-rigged, and so it's, it's, it's a little inaccurate. Uh, and so what RISE has been doing, and if people don't know about RISE, basically it's a, it's a program for uh, teenagers in which they help fund your pro uh, projects, they, they give scholarships, it's just an all-around great program. But what they're doing is they're, they're helping me acquire new equipment, new software, and this is all going to be really important so I can uh, help expand my technology, you know? Yeah, of course. I'm curious, have you talked about commercializing this or at least making it mass-producing it? Have you talked to people about that? Yeah, that's definitely a, a goal for me in the future, but... Right now, I just really want to keep improving it and see where that goes. But in the future, I definitely want to pursue commercial neurotechnology. I think that's a that's going to be a big, big impact on our world. Of course. So kind of wrapping up here with our questions to other young inventors and scientists, which we've kind of covered. But for those who look at this, a huge project that they want to solve, you tackled neuroscience and then specifically um, getting speech translated. But what would you say to people who are looking at maybe other big issues and don't exactly know where to start? So you started, you dug into the research and then you created your device, but what are the first steps even before that possibly? Are there first steps? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the first step was probably just trying to learn about the baseline of the field that I'm trying to understand as much as I can. So watching YouTube videos, watching uh, stuff online, reading of articles about um, the subject. For example, for me, I read a bunch of blog posts about neuroscience. And so while blog posts aren't the most credible thing, it helped me gauge my interest and kind of uh, understand where I might approach the, the topic from. So I had no idea previously about the Broca's area. And that was something I just happened to come across in a YouTube video. And so just kind of putting your foot in the water and experimenting to see where where it might lead. 
So the last two questions that we ask many of our guests are, what books or media have had an impact on you and inspired you? So I think for me, a lot, a lot of it is science fiction uh, films. So like 2001 Space Odyssey, The Matrix, Star Wars, a lot of that stuff is is science fiction. But I've been really inspired to, you know, pursue the type of technology I see in those films, like especially the good kinds, um, the AIs in it. Um, are, uh, and like the the neurotechnology in the matrix is is very interesting and so i've just been inspired by by those types of possibilities and and the possibilities keep me pa- passionate about how we can apply it to our world it is so inspiring to see now of course you have the lightsabers and the photon blasters and everything else but also you, you have the side things like r2d2 c3po and all the other like helper droids and helper technologies that you see that are really inspiring and i believe also star trek and many of these other science fictions inspired many other innovators to create kind of the world we see today with technology. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So I guess you're following in the right footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> so our last question is, what advice do you have for other teenagers and young people? Uh, my advice is probably just to keep going. You know, a lot of the time I used to like do, do this a lot, which is just have an idea, you know, try it for a little bit and then give up. But what I noticed is that I never really came to fruition on any one of those particular ideas. And so if you just keep passionate about one idea, if you keep working hard enough on that idea, it will uh, it will be a success, basically. And so if you if you keep your passion in that specific subject area, if you uh, email as many people as you can, if you try as many things as you can, you will be able to build what you imagine. Well, Rishi, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation. Best of luck to the future of your development. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hopefully all of you guys enjoyed it. If you liked it, please rate and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at aiming the number four moon. If you go to our website, aimingforthemoon.com, you can find links to our merch, the Lessons from Interesting People newsletter, and other episodes and bios of our guests. Yeah, if you want to see any of my other meanderings, go to taylorgledso.com. And with that, again, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to set your sights high and aim for the moon.